and welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. This episode is a little bit different because we actually had a few technical difficulties in my audio, so I wasn't able to include most of my audio in the final edit of this podcast. But this conversation was really valuable for both me and my dad, and we didn't want to lose the opportunity to share that with you. So we hope that you will really take advantage of the lessons that we discovered through our conversation. Thank you again for just going along with us on this ride. We are so enjoying this process, and we'd love to hear from you. So welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. Today, we get to respond to someone who shared their thoughts with us. I have a friend who he sent a comment about the old meat rotting in the refrigerator. Well, in that discussion, we also talked about confession. And we, I made a general statement about confession in the Catholic Church, of which I really know nothing about. And he sent a response. And so I would like to share this. My real purpose is that I want to point out that in the Catholic Church, the sacrament of confession is quite a bit more complex than a recitation of specific transgressions. The simple, I was mean to my brother, certainly describes how grammar school age Catholics are initially introduced to confession. And perhaps for some, it never really goes beyond that. However, for others, Confession is a significantly more complex event, more akin to spiritual direction, where one has a meaningful dialogue with their confessor about their imperfect, growing spiritual life. He then goes on to say, that reminds me how careful I need to be to generalize about other religions. I appreciate his explanation to me of confession and and. So what that did was make me go back and look at the sacrament of confession. And as I looked for it, it was actually the sacrament of penance. And it includes reflecting on one's life, confessing the places where you have fallen or failed, feeling a sense of contrition for those sins, receiving penance that can help to remediate those sins, receiving absolution when you successfully carried out your penance, and being restored into the Christian community, and then receiving direction as to how you might go forward and not commit those sins again. Much deeper than I was led to believe from my fifth grade friends. I appreciate my friend's response to me so that I could go and and check out all that confession could mean. But it's that last sentence that makes me really appreciate him all the more. It reminds me how careful I need to be to generalize about other religions. I thought that was a beautiful way of telling me, Bob, I think you overstepped your bounds a little bit here and talked about something you don't know what you were talking about. He said it with I statements. He said what he's learned in his life with an invitation for me to look at the same thing in my life. 
it reminds me how careful I need to be to generalize about other religions. Now, it's an interesting dynamic here on this podcast because Amy and I are just in conversation. And obviously, in private conversations with someone that you know, you take certain liberties that you would not take in a public discourse. The magic of this is that Amy and I have a private conversation that then gets shared as a public discourse. There may be things that that Amy or more likely I say that I would say in private that I wouldn't say in public. I would be more careful if this was a public discourse. And when when I approach someone that I don't know, when I start talking about something that I don't understand, or when you do that, I think we have a choice. And the extreme choice is to be either inquisitive or to join the Inquisition. I can either seek to understand or I can pass judgment based on what I think I understand. And that to me opens up a whole door of how do I deal with things that I don't understand? Do I make judgments based on what my life is like and what I perceive those people are doing? Or do I look and say, that's, that's something um, that I don't understand. I would like to know more about what's happening here or what makes that person do the thing that that person is doing. If we turn to scripture, you all, I think by now know one of my favorites are seek and you shall find. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. What I like is that first choice. When I, when I encounter something that I don't understand, even if it seems to be against what I would, I would want or believe or do, my first, my first thought I want to be let me find out more about this. I guess before we invite Amy in, the last thing that springs to mind is, I don't know how many of you who are our listeners know Amy's husband, Janardin. One of the things I love about Janardin is when he goes for walks. He walks as if he's a five-year-old, um, seeing the world for the first time. And he's extremely inquisitive. Jannard, and all of a sudden you look, and he's about 10 feet off the path, bending down, looking at this tiny little mushroom. And he's, he's seeing that mushroom as if it's like the first time he's ever seen it. It's that image that I like to keep in the forefront of my mind when I encounter something I've never seen before. Because I love that part of him that that looks at things like he's looking at it for the first time. And that's the image that I would like to keep with me. And that's what my friend has invited me to remember when I talk about or investigate things that, that I encounter. Yeah, um, this question, even beyond the scope of religion, are we free to talk? Are we free to discuss things that either we don't understand or are just not intentional about that and make mistakes and be corrected. Are we free in our current society, in our current culture, to speak openly and be wrong? Are we able to say these kinds of things that might not be any longer accepted or 
hurtful to others? Um, are we allowed to say those things and make a mistake and be corrected and move on? Or is it better that we limit what we say and make sure that the things that we speak on, we are fully understanding and won't hurt anybody? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, I guess to me, you know, that happens a lot in churches, you know, um, I mean, the old, the old joke for me as a Baptist is where you have three Baptists, you have two churches <laughs> yeah. um, because at some point people are going to disagree about yeah. something and Baptists are famous for splitting and starting their own church. Yeah. Um, what I keep saying to folks is we need to be a community of grace. And to me, grace means I'm careful about the way I speak to other people and about other people. I try only to share the truth, but sometimes, as we have found, it's the truth as I know it. Um, and sometimes my truth is very shallow or misguided, but I try to speak th the truth in love right. about people or to people. I think we also need to be gracious listeners. Right. Which, which means, you know, when you say something, I give you the freedom to make a mistake. Right, right. You know, and even if you don't think it's a mistake, right. I, I find a way like my friend did for me. That was the most gracious approach he could have ever taken, you know. But he invited me to look at what I had done and draw conclusions on my own. You know, he he... He didn't condemn me for what I did. He invited me to take a look at things. And to me, that's grace. That's grace. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think, I guess what I see is like, actually the worst thing he could have done is just stop to listen. Right. Absolutely. And never even mentioned it. Right. Right. You know? Because I think that's the thing. Like, I think in that, in that situation, he heard something that, I don't know if it offended him or hurt him, but at least didn't ring true for him. And he had like three choices. He could just stop listening to the podcast and never say anything. He could approach you about it and speak like aggressively and kind of put you down about it. Or the third choice, which I think he took in is the best, is he approached you and he used it as a teaching moment to educate you on a place that you had a blind spot around. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I guess I just, yeah. I really appreciate that. I really like that, like, that, that he thought, like, let me not use this as an opportunity to get upset or to um, dismiss this person and their efforts, but rather to educate. And you'll never speak about confession the same way again. You will never right. speak like that again. Right. <laughs> Right. I will now, I, I may say some of the things that I said, but then I will finish it up with, but that led me to find out what the sacrament of penance was all about. And it includes all these things. And it's an incredible system when it's done the way it was meant to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And we should adopt it. Absolutely. Right. And to me, that happens theologically. I'm, I, I'm not allowed in certain places to make a mistake. God allows me to make mistakes and learn from that, but the community doesn't. Because if I make a mistake, it's more than likely going to hurt someone, you know? And in those situations, I have to examine whether I'm just coming from a place of privilege, because I'm, I'm a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant male, the most privileged person on this earth. And you're straight. And I'm straight and I'm wealthy. 
So I, even though I want to escape that, I can't escape that. Um, I can only learn to understand other people and then use my privilege to try to help. But even that becomes somewhat um, not authoritarian, but, but acting from a place of privilege, you know? I have a tendency in those situations where someone's been hurt, according to the Christian message, ask them still to be gracious and ask them to let God heal their hurt and teach the people that have abused them. That's an incredibly insensitive thing to ask of people that have been hurt. And yet it's, it's, it's what I hope I would do in that situation. Yeah, and I think the thing that has got, has got to the forefront is that our expectation of a minority group to be the educators, like that, putting that responsibility right. on them is not acceptable. I told- yeah, I think that's where you're speaking from, is like that feeling. So why are we, why are we putting the responsibility of um, educating others on the oppressed group? You know? And I think that's where you're, you're saying, like, as an ally, that is where your privilege come in handy because you are not a part of the oppressed group, but you can put yourself into those uncomfortable situations to become the educator and the one who speaks up, even though you could make the choice to just kind of pass by. But I think that's kind of part of the whole thing. It's like, are we safe to dialogue about this? Is it, not are we safe, but is it worth it for us to dialogue about this and make a bunch of mistakes and embarrass ourselves because we say all the things? If it means that we can learn and that people can help point out our blind spots, allowed us to go and educate ourselves for a donation. Right. Right. And it would have been gracious enough of my friend to simply point out where I had missed the boat, even if he was upset. Because as you said, the worst thing that could have happened is for him to just stop listening. Because if he had stopped listening, I wouldn't have had the chance to look into things and grow, you know, because I wouldn't have known. I would have continued on with the same thing that I've said for the last 55 years, you know, whereas when he... So if he had brought up anything, even if he had been hurt and upset and said, I'm no longer going to listen, you know, at least it would have given me a chance to check it out um, and to apologize to him. He was obviously more gracious than that and found a way to graciously invite me into dialogue, you know, which is incredible. So I guess for me, the, the real question is, how do we even have these conversations? Yeah. Um, and I guess as I listen which is something that is always the right answer for me and makes me an inquisitive person rather than an inquisitor, makes me someone who wants to hear from others rather than wanting to tell others what they should do, then what I hear is the first thing I need to do as a person who has lived in privilege all his life is to admit that. And I have so many friends that vehemently oppose that statement that say, I don't live in privilege. I've worked hard for everything I've ever gotten in my life. And they don't understand that if they are white, then it's been easier for them than if they weren't white. And if they are straight, it's been easier for them than if they weren't straight. But I have so many friends that vehemently oppose that. I think because I'm a person of privilege, I need to first just accept that fact that I'm a person 
of privilege. That doesn't make me bad. That doesn't make me wrong. That just is. And it does make a difference in the way I see things, in the way I receive things, in the way life is. And all my life, I've been putting on the people that have been put down already the responsibility to educate me. Because I think that in a, as a person of not privilege, I would want to do that for others. But that's a privilege statement to make. So, so what I need to do if I want to grow, if I want our society to become better, is I need to listen. And if I find myself passing judgment on people, I then need to turn to those people instead and ask questions ask questions of them, not to get them to fit into my world, but to find out what their world is like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that needs to be clearly stated. Yep, that from my position of privilege, I'm missing out on a lot. And I'm coming to you to learn what life is like for you. So this week, if you find yourself passing judgment on someone, Please hear that that means you've already drawn a conclusion and you may not know anything about what that person's life is like. So when you find yourself passing judgment on someone or something, catch yourself and say, I need to learn from this person to find out what life is like for them. And then I can make decisions about where I or we can go. That's a major challenge because it means letting go of some of the judgments you've made in your Thank life you so much to say to this, this is the way life is and this is the way pod. life is we best. We are having such but a great time making this that podcast. When you learn and we're really appreciating from others, all the feedback you'll either strengthen you. what you believe or you'll widen on my dad's what you believe. And or if you can expand community in the process, you're much closer to the kingdom of God.